Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 187, Uncovering Patients with Jessica Silverman. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome back to Changeable. My guest in today's episode is Jessica Silverman. Jess is a parenting coach. She's a speech therapist. She's a change coach. And she's a moderator in the Little School Big Change. So if you've been through the six-week course, um, or if you're in our graduate community in the last couple years, uh, you know Jess really well. She's an amazing part of the team there. And we're talking today about parenting and in particular about patients. So this episode is not just for parents by any stretch, although if you're a parent, you're going to get so much from this. Um, but but really her course, I love it. I love the subtitle. So it's called Uncovering Patients, A Simple Guide to Bringing Out the Best in Your Child Without Losing Your Cool. And in our Change Coach community, when she was creating the course several months ago, um, we were ta- helping her with titles and just throwing some ideas back and forth. And I just love this one so much because as a parent um, myself, I think this whole thing about losing your cool, being impatient, uh, losing your temper with your kids, putting pressure on them, rushing them. I remember when the pandemic first started and about six weeks in, uh, one of my kids said, you know what's really interesting? You haven't told us to hurry up in six weeks. (laughs) And it was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. All the time. Hurry up. We're always headed somewhere else. Something else is happening. You know, and I think as a parent, all of that, I don't know, it can, it can weigh on you. And yet at the same time, what I hear from parents and what I've experienced at times is like, yeah, but, but how else, how do you get out of that? How do you get out of that? You know, there is a lot going on and, and especially when they're, and I'm not just talking about busyness, but you know, when our children are suffering or they're, they're caught up in behaviors that, that we see aren't great for them. uh, There's such a tendency to want to step in and change it and fix it. And I think, and as Jessica and I discuss, you know, what's behind that, of course, it's just us wanting the best for them, just us wanting them to be happy. But because we're human too, and we're identified with thought, our mind is always telling us what that's going to look like. And it's just so huge to see that our mind doesn't know. Our mind will always, always, about ourselves, our children, anything in life that's important, our mind will give us a play-by-play. It'll predict things. It'll tell you what needs to happen so that everyone can be happy and everything, everyone can be safe and secure. And there's just no match for seeing through those stories. So that's what Jessica shares and teaches so well in this course and in this conversation that you're going to hear. We talk about that a lot. I love how she talked about having all these certifications and parenting coaching and being a parent, she's a parent now of teenagers. But when she started this, her kids were younger, being a parent herself and what an impact it had for her to see that she could feel anything with her kids feeling anything, you know, that when that her kids suffering or, or acting out or anything didn't have to make her feel any way. I think, I mean... Wow, like any relationship is going to suffer when we think we need 
something to be a certain way. And especially when we think we need them to be a certain way. It can't not. It literally can't not. And on the flip side, any relationship is going to be so much better. Connection is going to be so much deeper. It's just going to be so much nicer all around as we see that they're okay and we're okay and we need nothing from there. There's no codependency there. And that's what just points to in this conversation and in her work. And I just think it's just so important. So we talk about how patience or our lack of patience really um, is just our own fear. You know, we think we know how things should go and we're wrong, but we don't see that. So we get impatient for things to go a certain way. And and there's just so much. We talked about listening. We talked about seeing our children's health and feeling emotion and so much, so much good. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Jess. Again, she's she's just great in how she talks about this. I think the world of her and the course is amazing. And this is a great conversation, whether you're a parent or not. Um, and if you do want to check out that course, it's on my site in my uh, digital course store, and you can also see it at dramiejohnson.com slash uncoveringpatience. That's where it lives. Uh, and I'll put some links to Jessica's work as well because she works one-on-one with parents and uh, just does some great coaching in this area. So all of those links will be in the show notes. So enjoy this conversation with Jess. Hi, Jessica. Thank you so much for coming on Changeable. Oh, thank you so much, Amy. It is such an honor to be here. If you don't mind, before we actually start our conversation, is it okay if I share something with you that I don't think I've ever shared with you? Yes. I'm intrigued. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was just when I came across your work in 2018, I was so blown away by what you were sharing because it was so different than anything I've ever learned before. And... I discovered that you had done, you were doing these Ask Amy's and I remember reaching out to you and sending you my questions because I had a lot of, yeah, yeah, but. So I had sent you some questions and you responded so quickly. And I remember going to my husband and saying, I cannot believe this. I wrote Dr. Amy Johnson and she got back to me right away with responses to my questions. And I was just so surprised and so impressed. And then I started binge watching or binge listening rather to your podcasts. And so just being here today, talking to you is just so surreal. I just never could have imagined how things would unfold from me coming across your work in 2018. So thank you so much for everything. Oh, that's awesome. Me neither. Like, you know, with you, I mean, I remember, um, I don't remember those getting those questions specifically, but I remember us sort of connecting in some ways and then you doing the school and being in the community and just seeming like, like you were, you know, every once in a while, people kind of pop out like, wow, this person's really into this, which is awesome. You know, they're really starting to see a lot. And I, I remember having that feeling about you kind of going through the school and in the community. And then, I mean, look now for you to be a moderator in that community and just be, uh, be a coach that's doing so much. And yeah, that's awesome. I know it's so crazy how things like that happen. And it always makes me think like just even you sharing that story um, is like, 
you know, if I don't want to do an Ask Amy or if I'm like, who's even listening to this? Come on. (laughs) You know, like it doesn't take much. It's like we just put stuff out and you never know the ripples. It's awesome. Oh, yes. A hundred percent. You never know. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. So yeah, so that's a good place to start, really. So you, it was 2018. And what were you doing? I think you uh, were doing some coaching or working with kids around speech, like say a little bit for people, yeah, about what your life looked like, I guess, and what your work looked like um, around that time when you were before you came across this. Yeah, yeah. So I became a speech pathologist in 1998. That is crazy. I can't. That's a long time ago. (laughs) I know. (laughs) And probably soon after that, I started working with young children. And actually, my clients have gotten progressively younger. And so now I work with families and children in from the birth birth to three age there it's an early intervention program and so i've been doing that early intervention probably since 2004 and while working with families i discovered that problems came up challenges that they were having beyond their child's communication, problems with behaviors, problems that they weren't sure how to handle. And it would come up in our conversations. And in the meantime, I was a parent as well. And I was experiencing my own challenges. And I was on this quest for answers and quest for how to handle, how to address certain things. And I did a number of trainings and I actually became certified as a parenting coach in 2015. And it wasn't from this understanding. It was completely different, but it was helpful. It was helpful, the information that I, that I learned from that training. And then I also came across Positive Discipline which is a program that is taught by Dr. Jane Nelson. And I became certified in those techniques and approaches. And all of these tools that I collected were super helpful and valuable. And then I came across your work in 2018. And I heard something so significant something that was so much more helpful and valuable than any tool that I could ever collect. And it really has changed not only me as a parent, but in all areas of my life. Do you remember, like, if you could put it into words, what you heard? I mean, what felt so different. I know it's really different, but for you at that time, like what was like the, whoa, this is really different from the tools and techniques? That's a great question. I think 
one of the biggest things was that my child isn't making me feel how I feel. That my my emotions or how I was reacting was not because my child was behaving in a certain way. And that was huge. It opened up so much for me because I realized that I could have any experience of what was occurring. Yeah, it's so, I mean, just just how you naturally say that it opened up so much because you think about it. I mean, yeah, if if our child or anything in life, but in this case, our child's behavior is making us feel some way we're so in trouble. <laughs> like we're just like life is so limited. And of course there's this just crazy goose chase for like, okay, how can I make them different? Which I think everyone, everyone it it this day and age has a sense that changing other people is not really where it's at. I mean, uh, you know, this is not just us like self-help people or whatever. Like, I think we all know that. And we've all had experience of wanting other people to change or trying to get them to change and having it feel miserably. But what else do you do? You know, when it, when that's how it looks, like what else do you do but try to do all the things to get your kid to be different? So that's huge. I can see how that just would open up so much. Like, whoa, I can have any experience in anything that's happening here for them. Yes, yes, absolutely. And what I, what I realized is that we're really not seeing behaviors as just happening. We are seeing behaviors plus a story that's attached to it. And all of the meaning that goes along with a child who is having a tantrum or a child who's not listening or a child who who is quote unquote being defiant or hard headed. We don't just see, we're not just seeing a behavior. We're seeing all of these beliefs about a behavior. And like you were speaking to, it's so innocent, but as parents, because we're not, we're, we're seeing our children through a lens of a story, through thinking, we think that we have to control or manage their behavior, right? Like we have to do something to make it stop because their behavior says something about them. It says something about us. It says something about what their future is going to be like. And we find ourselves yelling or being incredibly impatient because it is not, we're not seeing things just, like I said, just as happening. We're seeing them through the lens of, of thought. Yeah. And so, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No. And so when, when you start to wake up to the fact that things aren't as they as they appear, things start to shift in how you respond to your child. So what do you say if someone comes to you and is kind of new to this and they say, well, what do you mean 
it's just happening. Like, doesn't, isn't my meaning correct? (laughs) You know, like you're right. There's so much meaning put into this about what it all means and, and what it all means about us as parents and all of that. But is, I don't know, is there, is there value? Is there validity in some of that? Or yeah, what would you tell someone who's like, well, yeah, but it is this way, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would never tell someone that their experience isn't real or invalidate whatever they're going through at the time because it does feel super real and super important that they change, that their child changes. But it's kind of, it's pointing them like you often talk about in a new direction and not really focusing so much on the child's behavior, but see who the child is beyond their behavior, who the child is at their core, their essence. And that's not personal, right? So who is, who is a child? I mean, we're, are, are we talking about like, who, like how all children are? Oh, we're, we, we're, I mean, there, there's no exception to this to who that a child is is made of love and wisdom and resilience that they are not their behavior even in extreme cases where children are really acting out in behaving in very undesirable ways they are not their behaviors So I don't know if I answered your question. Yeah, no, I just think that's so big for people to see because still I can hear people saying, you know, like, well, my child is uh, one with impulse control issues or my child is one with a bad temper or whatever. And I love what you're saying is so huge. No, we're looking deeper than that. It's not your child in any behavior, thought manifestation, emotion manifestation. It's who we all are, right? And and looking there is just, it, we start to see that when we look there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And if you want to look at the behaviors themselves, I mean, and I'm talking about children, but this is true for each and every one of us, that they're doing the best that they can in that moment based on how things look and feel to them. And it is impersonal. It's all, it's, it's not an attack or they're doing something to, I don't know, to get back at you. I mean, maybe in their heads, that is a thought that might occur, but behaviors are impersonal. Yeah. Yeah, that's so big. And and like you said earlier, the meaning that our mind attaches, it's not it's not us trying to spin meaning. It's just it's just how a mind works. It's just what happens that there is stuff. I love how you said that initially, like they're just whatever's happening is what's happening. The kid is crying or they're happy or they're anything in between. Like what's happening is what's happening. And then this narrative 
that automatically shows up on top of what's happening to spin a story. And like you've mentioned, I mean, this isn't just with parenting, although that's where we're looking right now, but it's like that too is this universal thing. So I just think that's so huge that parents can start to see, yeah, there will be a meaningful story unfold in your head about probably everything your child does for the most part, but to start to see that that those stories are just stories. It's just meaning making and that there's a universal essence to your child beyond all thought, feeling, behavior, meaning, all of it. I mean, yeah, it, like what what could there be bigger to see? It's it, You can see how that just points in a totally different direction. Yeah, absolutely. And I think so often, and me included, before I came across this understanding, we look at at children. Again, I'm focusing on children, but we look at little ones as if we know what they need in any moment. We know what is best for them. And we forget how capable they are. We forget how they have the capacity to figure things out. That life is living them. And we don't need to try to control or manipulate or manage so much. So, so let's look at patience a little bit. So, and you kind of mentioned this earlier, it's like when, um, when our mind is, as parents, when our mind is full of all of this meaning of my child is doing this and it means this, there can be a lot of, a lot of stuff that comes up with that fear, control attempts, impatience. Like, how do you see that? I mean, I, yeah, I guess like, where does the, why are we so often feeling so impatient as parents? Like what's behind that? Well, I think it's like what you said. It's that that fear that we have, this imagined future mm-hmm. of what things are going to be like if they continue down this path that they're on, this made up path that we've created. And we want to stop that path from happening. Yeah. And we find ourselves, and I'm putting myself in this category because I get caught up too sometimes that we are not, we're not just seeing what is happening now. We are seeing in our mind's imagination what will be. This this projection that's made, what will happen? And we find ourselves being impatient. This thing should be different than they are right now. Something is wrong and needs to be fixed. Our child is a problem that needs to be fixed. And I don't think we, we say that out loud, but our actions kind of reflect that. Yeah. Like something needs to change. This is not right. It's not good. And I am responsible for changing it. 
I mean, it's just, as you say it like that, yes, it's just such a giant story. And I know people listening might, and me too, me too in the moment, um, you know, we might not feel that as a story. If we could be so completely immersed in that story, like, no, there are better traits and worse traits, or this is heading in a bad direction. And we can get so confident in these pictures that our mind creates about what it all means and what the future looks like. But to just... I don't know, sometimes you just pop out of that and and can really just see, you know, it's a story. Right now in this moment, all we're seeing is whatever's happening right this very minute and everything else is is this illusion. And And it's so cool to see then how impatience is like our own fear of our, of the illusion that's being created in our head. You know, it's like our own, like us being afraid of this scary story our mind is telling. I mean, really, it has nothing to do with our children. Yeah. (laughs) And then sometimes, and then we wake up and we kind, we can reflect on the story that our mind created and realize, you know what? It didn't play out like that. It didn't play out like my mind said it would. Yeah, And those reminders happen all of the time. Yeah, that's so big. I love too that even just seeing impatience as our own fear, as fear basically, because again, it's kind of what you said earlier, like one of your huge insights around this, it almost takes our children out of the equation, which is so helpful and I would have to think so good for our relationship with our children when, when it's not about them and they don't need to be any different and we can feel anything regardless of how they're feeling. What, I mean, that's just making for such a nice, clean, simple relationship. You know, it, it just has us feeling our stuff and them feeling their stuff and that's what is. So yeah, like looking at impatience is kind of essentially being our fear that, that things should be different or else. I don't know. I feel like that really points in a different direction. And it, and it, again, it, it almost points back to like, yes, because we love them, because mm-hmm. we want the best for them. Whereas I think if you're feeling impatient, everyone has a busy life and you feel like you're constantly rushing your kids or expecting things of them. I would have to think, and you can tell me if you hear this a lot with parents that I have to think, cause I hear it in my own head at times, like, what's wrong with me? Like, just slow down and enjoy this, these times, you know, like parents can probably get so hard on themselves for their impatience, but to kind of see, no, ultimately this is just, you love, you love them and your mind has created a path for how things are supposed to be. And that's kind of what our impatience is. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And we don't, we don't always see it in the moment. We don't always see that we're just caught up in this made up. I mean, like we keep on, I keep on using the word story, but we don't realize that we're just caught up in a story. And then once we do, things start to shift on their own. It's not something it's not that you have to change your thoughts or change the story, but it's starting to see that it is one. Yeah. That we you can love your child and not 
try to control them. You can love your child and let them do things on their own and make their own mistakes. That you can love your child and just let things kind of unfold the way they unfold and do what occurs to you. I'm not just saying you should take your hands off the wheel and just kind of let your child do whatever. I mean, of course, we're going to step in and we're going to support and we're going to guide and we're going to teach when it makes sense to. But to see that we don't have to do so much. And I think when we see that, we naturally are more patient. Yeah, because it just it just takes so much off of us. There's a real, what I'm hearing and what you just said is this real kind of immediacy. I don't mean that like urgency kind of way, but it like a just being in the flow of what's unfolding, which is, which is all that's ever happening anyway. We're always just in the flow of what's unfolding. We just might be caught up in a story about what should be unfolding, but... But like hearing that, hearing you say like, you know, yeah, we can just be here and do what makes sense. And and I think for me, like ha- when my kids were young, like that's much easier now. But when my, when my kids were little and I was a brand new parent too, it always felt like, okay, the, what kind of parent am I going to be? Or there has to be some, I don't know how to say it, but almost like some looking ahead to like, what do I what do I want for them? What feels important to to steer them toward? Like, where are we going here? <laughs> you know, and it's just funny to think about it now. Like, we could think that all day long, but but still, there's just you're dealing with what's arising in this moment. Period. And I love what you're here. What I'm hearing from you is like, yeah, that's enough. And not only is that enough, but maybe that's like easier for everybody. Yeah. Right. If we just look at what we see right now, what's occurring right now, and realize we don't have to think about the future. The future doesn't exist. We have right now. It takes a lot off of our plate. We don't have to to do so much. It's simplified. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was talking with someone recently who um, had some anger toward a parent. He was an adult um, and his parents had passed away, but he just kind of had some resentment, you know, or kind of felt like his parents never really uh, showed him much affection and they didn't, you know, that kind of story. And, um, and that was his experience. But it was really interesting that he was sharing that he had an insight along the way that Every single thing they did, what including his mother's extreme impatience, them constantly being judgmental and picking at everything he did, them sort of telling him that, you know, he should be different and he's not good enough. Of course, that can look like, wow, <laughs> I wish I had more loving, kind, patient parents. But he really had this huge insight where he saw that that was the way that they expressed love. Now, that sounds kind of weird, but I guess what I'm getting at is like, kind of like we're saying that impatience is rooted in our own fear. And our own fear is there because we love our children and we think our mind is telling us what's best for them. To kind of see that, you know, like 
we don't all know how to express. Not all parents know how to just be here and just be with your children and and everything you're saying. So often it will come out as nitpickiness or judgment or trying to control their choices and all of that. And I guess I'm saying this kind of for just adults listening too. you know, if we have memories of our own parents being that way, to kind of see that that was also the best that they could do. And it doesn't mean that they don't care or that they were truly in judgment of us. I think a lot of times it means that they just loved us so much and their mental story of how things should go so that we can be okay. They couldn't see around that story. Oh, I think that is huge to see the innocence in, in our own parents' behaviors or anyone that we come across in life, that they're doing the best that they can, that they're doing what makes sense to them, given how things look to them. And I'm just thinking about parents who I have worked with, who are constantly yelling at their children and and telling them what to do and how to act. If in their mind, they think my child needs to obey and sit and listen to an adult in order to be successful. And like you said, in order to be okay, of course, trying to, to control and have them obey makes sense. Of course, telling them what they shouldn't do makes sense because in their mind, if they don't do this, if they don't act in this particular way, they're not going to do well in school or get a good job or whatever it is. Yeah. You can kind of see how it's, it's logical in a sense. Yeah. A, a parent's behavior is, and it's just, I love the word innocent. It's just so innocent. Yeah. Yeah. What are some things? So I know your children are teenagers now, like looking back, not that you're done parenting, but, but looking back through like adolescence, early teen years, or even if that's kind of recently, like, are there things that you already see? uh, I don't know, like, oh, wow, I wish I had seen this then or like places where you got worried or impatient that and even now, even though, you know, it hasn't been that long um, that you kind of see in a new light? Absolutely. I think those times, especially if one of my children is having a hard time and experiencing depression or anxiety, that my mind would go again into this future of of what things would be like. And it was hard before I understood this more deeply. It was hard to see that even, even in moments that are really tough, my child is still okay. My child is still full of so much well-being and innate health, even when they're suffering, even when they're struggling. And that is huge. That has been huge for me to see that they don't have to be happy all the time because it's, I don't know anybody who's happy all the time to be okay. They can be frustrated and annoyed and whatever label you want to put on it, 
they could feel depressed or anxious and still be perfectly whole, complete, okay, and not a problem. And I, when I see that, I show up differently. I show up differently for them because I know that they will get through it. Now, I have a story that, I just, that occurred to me. Um, it's not related to parenting, but I think it's a really good metaphor for parenting. It, oh, gosh. I guess around five years ago, my family and I, we were in Israel and we were going on a zip line. So this was part of the itinerary that we had planned. And days before leading up to going on this zip line, I was terrified. I was so scared. I imagined all these horrible things that were going to happen if we go on this zip line. But at the same time, I was like, all right, I'm I'm going to do this. And the day came and we're just about to get on this zip line and I looked at the tour guide that was with us and I said to him, "Oh, so when do we pay for this zip line?" And he looked at me and he's like, "Well, if you make it across, then you can pay." I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> "It's free if you die. Right, <laughs> if right, you right. live through it, you have to pay." <laughs> right. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, I don't know what you're saying, but but right before we went on, he got on that zip line and he crossed the the 2000 feet long line to the other side. And what stood out to me was he knew that we were going to make it across. It didn't matter how terrified I was. Like he knew we were safe and okay and going to make it. And I think that is true for us as parents when we see our child struggling with something that even if they're terrified, even if they think they can't do it, they're going to get across. <laughs> they're going to make it through. They are safe and okay. And when we can be that confidence or we can show up with that confidence and, and see what is really true, that has a a way of easing their mind. Not that we can change how they feel, but there's something about that that can help make a, a mind stop talking so much. Like, yeah. oh, they have confidence that I'm going to get through this. Maybe they're right. Yeah, that's so big. And it just, our our sense that their suffering is okay, that they... They don't have to not suffer. It's not our job to make sure our kids don't suffer because we're, we're going to fail at that job for sure. But I love what you're saying, you know, that they can handle suffering because it's part of life apparently. Um, it just feels like it has this power to just break so many cycles because it's like, you know, we just do what we were innocently taught or how our parents innocently were with us too. And they just are doing what their parents innocently did with them, you know? So if there's this rushing to, and like, oh no, it's okay. We'll make it okay. And, or however that looks, or even sometimes we as parents can be so kind of uncomfortable with emotion or our kids emotion that it's not a rushing in to fix and calm, but it's almost a pulling away 
who knows, right? But when we don't feel safe in emotion, it's going to show up in some way. And that's still not damaging them. That's still, they're still going to survive that too, you know? But yeah, I love what you're saying is it's like, if we can just know that they're okay, if we can just see their health and anything they're going through best we can, no question they feel that. And I think that's one of those things that's almost impossible to talk about because it has, it's going to have effects that we can't even predict. It's going to be felt in a way that they can't even express. And it's just, you know, it, it just feels so big. Yeah. Yeah. When we see that, that all feelings are, are okay. We don't, we don't have to think that we need to manage the feelings or that they need to manage their feelings, that that's not on them or on us. Yeah. That they can just be and that they're, they're fluid and temporary and always changing. I heard something just last week that I, I'm sure I heard a thousand times, but it just landed in a, in a deeper way for me that, that well-being isn't the absence of suffering, but that each time we might be in this low place, we always bounce back and return to homeostasis, to balance. And to see that, that no matter how low a person is, they always return to, to home base, to, to their to peace. They're so resilient. And we see that, you know what? Feelings aren't a problem. Like you said, it just, it's kind of part of this game of life. You know, we feel things. And when we see that, I think, again, we can naturally be not from effort or willpower. We're naturally more patient. Because it's just a matter of seeing this is just what's, what's arising and it will, it will pass through. Yeah. It will change on its own without us having to do anything. I mean, it's just so foundational, like what, what you're sharing. Because I'm thinking of specific things like, like we talked about patients and, um, thinking we need to yell to be heard or be assertive or be controlling or have a bunch of discipline and rules to be heard or our ability to just listen and hear what's behind our kids' emotion and what's just what's truly going on for them. And there's so many things we could list. And and I'm, I know there are things you talk about in your work all the time because there's specific concerns that parents have. They're all aspects of this. But what's striking me as you share this is it all comes down to kind of what you're saying like when we when we just have some sense that that there's so much health and resilience there and that there are no exceptions to that all of these other pieces are going to just look different and they're going to fall into place you know when we're less worried and we're less caught up in our own stories 
we will naturally be more patient and we will naturally listen in a deeper way because we're not mm-hmm. afraid of what we might hear, you know, and we will naturally interact in a different way. And so I don't know, that's just cool to see. I know we talk about this all the time and we see it all over the place, but I can really feel that in hearing you share like, yeah, when we see their health, everything else has a way of kind of working itself out. Yeah. I love that you brought up listening because I thought I was the good listener, but until we, we've had multiple conversations, I realized, you know what? I really wasn't that good of a listener. I was listening so I could respond with something else or that I could tell them what they're doing wrong or what they could do differently. And I wasn't deeply listening, like you've talked about, like I've heard other people who share this understanding talk about. And I think this is still an area that, for lack of a better word, I could still work on or a way to describe it, but listening and talking less can be such a powerful thing we can do as parents. Because as we listen, we're giving them an opportunity to come up with their own solutions or to see what's, what's coming through them, that we don't need to give them the answers, but answers will come through them, to them in that moment when we just give them that space to kind of, to just share what's on their mind or what they're going through. So I love that you brought up listening. It really kind of points back to yet, like, like we say about this understanding in general, it's not additive, it's subtractive. Like all is well, everything's going to flow and make sense. And so, yeah, I love even just in that, right? We can just, we don't have to listen for something. It's like just being there allows that space for things to just naturally flow through. Yeah. yeah. I love this. I thank you so much for sharing this. And I think, I hope, um, I hope parents hear this and kind of get a sense of relief, you know, and like, okay, maybe, maybe like this isn't so hard and it's not all up to me to steer in a certain way and all of that, because, you know, talking about patience and all of these things, I think, like we said, beneath that is just so much fear and thinking we need to manage. And truly, I I mean, this is just so valuable for parents to have even just a little sense of this. So thank you so much for the work you do and for sharing it and, um, and for creating your course on covering patients, which is going to be so helpful for parents. And yeah, just really grateful for you. And thank you for sharing. Oh, thank you so much, Amy. Student Access Plus gets you access to a growing library of digital courses and discounts on my flagship courses, all for one low annual or monthly price. There are so many courses right now in the Student Access Plus digital library on things like intrusive thoughts, chronic pain, codependency, binge eating. There's the Being Yourself course that I taught with Bob Solomon last summer. There's the Just a Thought Companion course, which has videos for every chapter in the book. There are new and upcoming courses with change coaches, like the one you just heard about with Jess Silverman, and there's so much more. And trust me, we have a long production list of courses that are in the production queue that are added to Student Access Plus all the time. So if you want to check out all of these courses, 
They're either free or heavily discounted. Check out Student Access Plus. You can see everything that's in there at dramyjohnson.com slash Student Access Plus. And yeah, check it out. There's so much in there, something for everyone. <laughs>